Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we have Judd Wilde, an apt name, actor, stunt performer, stunt choreographer. Can't wait to talk to him today. How are all of you today before we bring Judd on? You doing well? I was wondering when everybody would be losing their uh, strength to be strong. (laughs) To use layman terms right there. But I went to the market today and, and I think today is the day. Or this weekend or this week is the week where people are just losing it. Listen, everybody, I I understand that that we're all in quarantine and we're all stuck in a way. But we're in it together. So keep cool. Keep it going on. Today I got yelled at by two, (laughs) an elderly couple. You know, I was walking down the toilet uh, paper line and... I guess now in the markets, they have a one-way target line on the floor. So it's, it's one way. But I'm used to seeing the six-feet distance sticker on the floor. And I got yelled at <laughs> because I was backing up to get another roll of to- a different roll of toilet paper. I got yelled at. And I just started laughing. I, I couldn't help but just laugh. Because it's like, come on, man. Just relax dude I've been stuck in my house for 50 days just chill out I just want some comfy toilet paper (laughs) it's not a big deal let's not keep Judd waiting any longer let's just bring him on in give him a little bit of a clap track here Judd you ready bud Oh, are you there? Hi, mate. How are you? Good. Oh, that's cl- that's that's not that. Hold on, hold on. You deserve the clap track. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what what soundtrack did you give me? I gave you Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune is my my going out sentiment, where I talk very kindly about you for for ten minutes and then. Do my outward uh, message to everybody else. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, I'll put that money in the Swiss bank account for you. (laughs) So for some reason, I thought you were from from, uh, Australia, but you're really from Wales. No, no, I'm from Australia. Oh, you uh, are from Wales. The state that I live in in Australia is New South Wales. Ah, wow. that, That shows how much I know. So what's what's New South Wales in Australia? Where is that near? Um, uh, so that's New South Wales contains Sydney. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, oh, I know where Spain, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we we've only yeah it's Australia doesn't have a lot of states like here in America, but right. you know, we're nearly the same size. Right. You guys are now. a huge state. Before we get started, let me ask you, how are you and your family doing uh, during this time of quarantine? Uh, is it different over there, and how's your family doing? Well, uh, yeah, I speak to my family often, but as you know, I live here in the States now. Um, this yeah. is my home. 
But yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's been it's been a tough time for for all of the all of Australia. You know, yeah. not only with quarantine at the moment, but just recently with the fires. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that were directly affected by these crazy, crazy. You know, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about that. The the fires have been insane. Uh, to see even the pictures and even the knowledge, even knowing that it exists, is heartbreaking. Mm. And and you know, yes, um, property damage and stuff, but the sheer number of animal deaths is just right. You know, it's just it's so 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 sad. Um, yeah, words can't describe how sad it is for you right. know, all the livestock and native animals that we've just lost that perished. Right. In the, um, in the place, but. Um, yeah, so we got, we had that, and then <laughs> it turned and we had floods in Australia. Right. I shouldn't laugh, but you know, it went from one extreme to the other, and now we've exactly. got this. But um, obviously, this pandemic is a worldwide, and uh, we're all in it together. So. You know, that's a, that's the thing we I keep on saying to people is, you know, we're in this together, and and the only way we're going to get out of this is together and what have you. You know, when you look at the the fires in Australia and you look at the pandemic in Australia, I mean, if you're not in it together, I mean, you're in it apart. In the United States yeah. right now, we're you know, now you're here in L.A. now. Uh, I'm actually in New Orleans at the moment. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wow, the the center of a new pandemic because Florida and New Orleans they they really hit it hard. Yeah, well, we had Mardi Gras here, so uh, you know there's a lot of influx of people. But right in saying that, it's starting. I, I watch the graphs days, like I, I guess most of us, and um, it has definitely started to decline. Right, still not out of the woodworks, that's for sure. But uh, no, you know. I always try and think of the most positive outcome and we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. A little train that could, I mean, we, I think we have like two or three more months left. I think at most. Yeah. And obviously the the film industry's hit so hard at the moment, uh, which is, which is, you know, very sad for a lot of people, you know, myself included where, you know, we just want to make content and, get back out there right and just work have you have you been doing anything adjustment wise to do any work from like home well i've been trying to um you know trying to better myself through this time yeah um you know um working on things that i haven't worked on you know to to you know, move forward, and and then when we come out of the other side of this, to hopefully have all my ducks in a row, so to speak, and right, and, um, and really kick some goals. But um, you know, I'm trying not to watch TV all day every day and stay up late. I'm trying to keep a routine, you know, keep healthy and and exercising, right. and right. you know, getting creative, I guess, you know, and learning new skills, which is very important. Right. Right. Well, you're an extremely you're an ex, you're an extremely active person. Uh, do you work Do you work at at home? Is that how you keep, you keep your your sanity? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I work at home, and then I I go for walks as well and runs and yeah. You know, just and rides and you know, right. I like nature and stuff like that. So you know, a little bit of nature, but um, unfortunately, I haven't been in the water. I'm, I'm a bit of a water baby as well. 
so that usually helps, but I haven't really been to the water. Yeah. You're a world traveler as well. I mean, you, you traveled the world and, and, and had a great time. It must be a little insane to be stuck in one, like, center of a quadrant. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, look, yes, I've been blessed with being able to work in different amazing locations around the world. Right. Um, you know, Iceland, um, yep. Spain, Italy, Malaysia. Indonesia, South Africa, Egypt. Egypt was Yeah. I love that picture of you in Egypt with the with the <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, salam alaikum to all my Egyptian friends. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's just yeah, it I, I, yeah, but um I guess it's just time to reflect. Yeah. Well, we have we have we have fourteen hundred listeners right now listening in right right now, and it's growing. Um, oh, wow. we're, we're, yeah, we're blessed to have a, a huge audience for this show here, but people, people really want to know about you, but you know, full disclosure here, uh, Ashley Hudson brought us together and, uh, mm-hmm. Ashley, Ashley, we love you. And, and, uh, we hope your dog is doing well because her, her dog is a little bit ill, but how do you, how'd you, how'd you get to know Ashley? Um, through work here in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess you'd say like attracts like, and you know. I yeah. try and surround myself with good people and, you know, with people right. with good intentions. And as you know, Ashley's like uh, a talented, not only in stunts, but, you know, aspiring director. And, and she has yeah. some amazing scripts. Obviously, I can't talk about them, but... Ooh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I can't until they get picked up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she and I went yeah. to the AMA and started pitching a lot of her scripts and we had a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, she's going to be, she's going to be one of those great talents out there. That's, that's a fantastic director, but let's go back to you. So, you you know, you're growing up in Australia and, you know, a lot of people in America have a very linear path on being a stunt performer and a stunt choreographer. But I'd have to ask you, how did you begin your career? Did did you start off in the martial arts and then it went off from there or how did it go on? Um, well, I grew up on in a farm in country New okay. South Wales, um, a small town called Jindabyne, and um, it's on the foothills of the ski fields in Australia. Yes, wow. Australia does have ski fields. They're very flat. <laughs> <laughs> but you can ski there. <laughs> you can. Um, look, I, I, growing up on a farm, you have all of those sort of, you know, horse riding and dry ride right. bikes and, driving cars on dirt roads and getting them out of control. Um, But, you know, also the gymnastics and the martial arts um, routes as well as skiing and, you know, all, all of those small things that get your um, body and kinesthetic awareness. So kinesthetic, you know where you are in time and space because, you know, look, most of the time riding horses and stuff bareback, you, you fell off most of the times. Sure. so you sort of learn how to go okay don't land on your head here sort of hit and roll sort of scenario and you know my parents are very like if it's not gushing blood come up for the life <laughs> you you Aussies I'm telling you you guys have guts galore I'm, it, it, it reminds me of like America like in the 19th century 
it was it's very uh yes uh, you know it's just it's a bit of gutsy. a gutsy it's a young it's a young country yeah but farm life i think conditions kids for a bit of a career instance yeah um and i guess moving progressing from that um when i first started in it um it was hard to get work like like everyone i guess right there's a lot of people trying to get their foot in the door and they're like where do i begin but um you know you get a lot of knockbacks and then i was like trying to think outside the square how do i get people to recognize me i guess or how do i get work and i was like i'll just create my own work and hire those guys hire the stunt coordinators and stuff so that's the best way me. there you go and I was very fortunate to align myself uh, with a YouTube channel, and um, uh, they're called The Racker Racker. And when I met one of the crazy twins, I don't know if you guys know about them. Oh, that's The Racker Racker with the twins, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, they're quite a large presence on YouTube, over 6 million followers, and, and their whole thing is action comedy. Right. But when I met one of the brothers... He was a runner on set, and mm-hmm. um, and this goes to show today's runner. Uh, you guys call them not runners. You guys call them a. We still PA call them runners. A, we still, runner. yeah, we call them PAs, but they're really they're really called runners. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he was a, a PA slash go fuck go get whatever you know at the bottom of the <laughs> still, right, but still a very important cog in the film industry because they're the people sure. that. <laughs> make sure everything's happening anyway so he came and picked me up from the airport and he was just like um me and my brother want to start a youtube channel and i was like oh yeah cool well, if you need anything with stunts don't hesitate to ask you know and just treated him like everyone else and uh you know which right. that's what you need to do in life in general and, right um before you know it they started making this content with high-end stunts but um but made to look like accidents or, you know, uh, whatnot. So we started, all of their budget w- went towards this content making, um, they were like, what stunts can we do with this much money? <laughs> Which is heaven for stunt guys. They're like, well, we can put a, we can do a burn here and then, you know, we'll roll the car and then we'll, you know, and they're like, cool, cool, cool. Can we do that? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And then they built their dialogue <laughs> around the action. Right. You know, they put their comedy around what was happening. So that was, you know, really good because what I did was we designed all the action and sort of made it up. And then I hired in a, a professional stunt coordinator to oversee and, um, you know, impart wisdom and stuff like that. And that's how I grew relationships with, with right. other stunt guys from there. So you had a stunt choreographer in there that was not you. Who was that stunt choreographer? Do you know? Do you remember? Uh, when we started, we were hiring yeah. different ones, but we hmm. would make we I and the twins, myself and the twins, sorry, would right. design all the action and figure it all out, and then basically pay someone to come and oversee. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds uh, about right. Uh, yeah, to make it safety wise. Time, yeah. Yeah, until the time came where, um, in Australia, we have a grading system for stunts. Really, and you start off, yeah, you start off as a stunt action provisional, and then you go okay. to stunt actor, and then assistant stunt coordinator, and then stunt coordinator. 
Okay. So, um, and this takes a minimum of 10 years to get to stunt coordinator. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so you guys really have a linear system over there. Yeah. But everything has its pros and cons. Right. And, you know, I don't want to get political or anything like that, but, you know, sure. there is, there's good things about every system. Um, um, but yeah. And then as I was saying, the racket stuff grew and grew and grew Yeah, and even their stuff, you know, they were getting offers from places like Norway and they're like, can you come and shoot a commercial? And they're like, yep, but we're taking our stunt coordinator. And I'm like, hell yeah, we are. We're going to Norway <laughs> or you know, <laughs> different places around the world. Cause they have, right. Such, yeah. And it's, it's quite surreal. Um, these, the kids love the YouTube stuff um, yes, because it's so accessible to everyone. Right. Um, you know, um, anyone can look at it and the numbers don't lie. The thing about right. TV is you, you can go, Oh, I think three people in that house watched this show, but YouTube that counts for every click, how long they watched it, you know, when they stopped watching, if they watched right. the entirety. Um, so yeah, those numbers are, you know, that's, you know, I'll tell you, you know, that's what always annoyed me about, you know, younger generations. I've been a teacher for over 30 years and what have you. And, and when I hear kids saying, I don't watch TV anymore, it's like, you watch YouTube, you watch it on a yeah. TV. That's TV, dude. <laughs> so just stop. Yeah, exactly. Stop saying you don't watch TV. You watch media. This whole thing is now media. So you're watching it, bro. So just stay calm. Let me ask you, you know, for, for our audience here, what does Raka Raka mean? So they're young kids from a small country town in South Australia. Okay. Um, they grew up in a town called Paraka. Uh, and Paraka is a, it's a, uh, you know, a bit of a tough area. Right. <laughs> so they call, because there's two, and they call themselves the Raka Raka instead of Paraka Paraka. Oh. They just thought it wrong. Yeah, so that makes sense. So, yeah. It's about the town that they grew up in. But they're, did you, they're did on you... the stage now where they're starting to do. Um, they've got offers on scripts for films and stuff. So it'll be the same. You know, it, their progression has gone from from YouTube and the right. influencers now, now to feature films. Um, right. Swimming with the big fish, I guess you would say. I guess so. Well, would you so, say that you're you're, you're, you're... Would you, would you say that the first thing that you that you worked on professionally was Farscape? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a great that's a great show by Jim Henson. That's a it's a fantastic show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it was a, you know, I was very young when I started on Farscape, and I started, and that's what got me into the industry. I started as a an electrician on set. Wow. Um, and. And that's what gave me, you know, I was there and, and then I saw these stunt guys jumping off stuff, you know, as I'm wiring up these sets and I'm just like, oh, and anyway, they took off um, to go to lunch and I climbed up on right. the high boards and I was doing falls into their, um, to their pits because it was in a right. sound stage and everyone was away. And then the stunt coordinator came and he's like, what are you doing? Get off that. And I'm like, sorry. But, you know, <laughs> But, you know, because I was ex-gymnast, um, right. I saw what they were doing, and then I just mimicked what they were doing. Uh, and, and yeah, he goes, get out of here. And I'm like, oh, right. and he goes, go and get graded. 
and then I'll give you a job. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so um, which was, you know, he was very, you know, he's, he was he had a bark to me, but he was just like yeah. encouraging this girl. Um, sure. Richard Bowie, who, yeah, he ended up doing Star Wars and a couple of other good productions in Australia. But, um, yeah, so I went and got graded. It took some time to get graded. Okay. Stone action provisional, and then um, yeah, sure enough, he gave me gave me work, and and here we are. Nice. No, you mentioned that you you took uh, uh, gymnastics before. What, what did you? When did you take gymnastics? Well, when when I was quite young. Yeah. Um, did you Did you yeah. enjoy it? Uh, not as much as martial arts, but as okay. I said, I just did it from a young age. I wouldn't right say that I'm. White hot or any, right. especially the, especially the company that I keep. You know, some right. of these guys that I work with, it's they're just absolutely amazing. You know, when you talk about motorcycle motorbike right. guys, you know, they, these guys are the best in the world at riding. Yeah, and you know, some gymnasts that are that are you know Olympic um, quality, Olympic medalist gymnast, and you're right. just like. Oh. Like right, just just phenomenal talents. Right, Absolutely of course. What, what what martial arts caught your fancy? Well, we only had one in the town that we were in. in yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's yeah. common, by the way. That's very common. Yeah, if you want to do, you can either do Budokan karate or you can do Budokan karate. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know that's what I did because it's a small country town, basically. Yeah, so, Budokan karate is a very is a very tough style. Uh, it's, I don't know about that tough, but um, you yeah. know. And then later on in the years, I started a bit of Muay Thai, but but then again, you know, there's I don't consider myself to be an awesome fight guy or anything like that because yeah. again, some of the guys that I work with are just they're just uh, amazing. Absolutely stunning at what they do, and they live, sure. breathe, eat, sleep martial arts. That's that's right. What, that's what they do. So, you know, right. I just like to have, especially if I'm coordinating something. You know, it's so good. It's just a breath of fresh air to have someone of uber talent. You know, they just make you look good. You're like, can you right. do this spinning heel kick? And they're like, yeah. How high do you want it? And you're like, damn. Right. When now I'm like, oh, <laughs> let me warm up. For about three days before I'll do that one. <laughs> I remember I was choreographing one of my first films, and I, I was showing somebody a scene and doing a move, and and the director was like, "Stunt actor, stunt actor, stunt actor," <laughs> you know, because I lifted him yeah. like three feet off the floor, and I, you know, because I've been in the martial arts in my in my mind for for that long, so it was, it, it, you know, it is a very different atmosphere. So how, how did you get into how did you get into out of the blue? So so you went from Farscape, you went to out of the blue. You did you did some stunt work there as well. How did that work out for you? Um, yeah, it was just uh, then again, just um, you know, you do a good job for someone, and they and they recommend you for something, and then yeah. you move along. You know, it's right. it's it's very as as you know, everything's a lot about word of mouth and someone right. recommending you. Um, Very symbiotic, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But yeah. Um, it's, 
yeah, when when it's definitely a lot easier than we. You guys do hustling here in America. Yeah. Uh huh. We don't do that in Australia or other places around the world. If you rock up onto set, they'll be like, "Get out of here! What are right. you doing?" Right. So right. Like, Passage here. And you know, when I first got here, I was I was terrified at that first hustle that I did, and I literally went to the to the studio, to the studio, um, right. and I parked at the front. And I went. I sat there for a while and went, "I'm not doing this," and I went home. And I said, I got scared. I didn't go. And he's like, Dude, <laughs> it's what you do here. And I'm like, yeah, uh, we just send emails and then like so someone will recommend you. And, and he's like, it doesn't work like that here. You got to go and shake someone's hand. So um, right. luckily enough, right. I, yeah, I did that. So anyway. Right. But by the way, I, I think you and I met each other at the uh, Tours Awards down here in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. did, you, did you have a good time at the Tours Awards? Yeah. 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 Um, what a special. Like, you meet all of the heroes. Right. Um, right. You know, being from Australia and, and not being in this massive pond of the industry right. here, um, you know, you're like, oh my God, that's, oh, and that's, oh my God. You know, and you, my eyes were popping out of my head, just going, "Oh, that's, that's that person." <laughs> you know, they've done because, like most stunt people, you gain ideas and you look at behind the scenes, and you, you know, you see what people are doing and how it's done, and right, you know, to get that, to get that bubbling. But um, sure, yeah, nice, definitely good for that. Yeah, I saw you at the Tours Awards. I saw your picture, and I'm like, yeah, I recognize you. I saw, I saw you at the Tours Awards. Well, I was getting my uh, my uh, what is it, uh, speedball martini over there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just a little bit surreal that Tours Awards for me because um, I think it was the yeah it was the first time I've been to one, and yeah. um, and then getting the award and stuff. So uh, it was. Yeah, quite surreal too. And, and yes. Yeah, what? Well, it's funny and that we, we, we be recognized. Go ahead. It's, it's good to be recognized. Honored to be recognized. Yeah. 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 You know, the weird thing that we talk about at, at the Tours Awards a lot of times is how this isn't the Oscars. How these people are not at the Oscars. It, it's very hard to believe that. You know, people can get awards for acting like, you know, a stunt coordinator or a stunt actor, but they, you, they themselves cannot get one. Mm. Because no, no TV show, no movie, no production could be done without a stunt coordinator or a stunt performer. I mean, oh, yeah. kids TV shows, movies, regular TV shows, you know... Community, which is my favorite show, I just want watch one with Betty White, and I just saw a stunt, you know, a stunt actor immediately went in there and took over after her. You know, it's like you you wouldn't have this scene without a stunt actor, a stunt performer. So it, it's one of those things where it's like I don't understand where the where the you know, in, in we do get SAG awards, you guys do get SAG awards and yeah. things like that, but the Oscars are the only thing that that kind of have left be left you guys behind. How do you feel about that subject? I think I think you nailed it. It's just 
it, it's it's hilarious. Like I remember a commercial that I did where I got paid like <laughs> half the not not even half the rate or a quarter of the rate or a daily rate. Wow. And I drove this car, I had to do three sixties and then I had to go and jump off this cliff and da 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 and all of these actions and then all the actor did at the end was wound the window down and you saw his face and he smiled at the camera. <laughs> so I told wow. Him, and he got all the you know, accolades of it all and he's like, Oh, that was fantastic, you are amazing. I was like, But but <laughs> 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 Wow. I can see why you guys fight so hard. I mean, because this show was never meant for uh, for one type of person. I, I've been getting a lot of stunt human beings because I just happen to be in that field. But this show was really meant for a, a litany of people. But we do have a lot of stunt performers on my show and stunt choreographers on my show. And it's amazing to hear the amount of work they do and how little they get appreciated. Yeah, you, yeah, we've, it's, yeah, look, I, before I go into too much, I think everyone is on the same page. Yeah. You know, and the actors as well. They're the, the actors are going, yeah, I don't do that. That's the stunt guys, you know. Right. We just I, sit back and watch, yeah. and, you know, we're in awe most of the time. That's what the actors do. Right. You know, because the bottom line is our job is to make them look good. Right. You know, if we're doubling the actor, right? To do a, a good job is to do it seamlessly, so they don't know it's a stunt guy, right? You know, if you're if they don't know it's a stunt guy, then it's fantastic, right? I just don't understand what you know with this new, you know, digital age where everyone knows everything. You know, what's the stigma about actually going? Hey, yeah, well, these guys deserve the recognition for the work they do. Do you think it's because it is kind of a hidden kind of work? It is kind of a pushed back kind of work. Uh, the actors acknowledge it, but you know, like you have a lot of actors. They go, "I did my own stunts." When you know they only did like ten percent of their own stunts, <laughs> you, know I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you. There's no way you did all of your stunts. You did ten percent of your stunts. You fell back a little bit, like on a wire, but there's no way you yeah. did all of your stunts. But it, do, yeah. do you think it's, it's because things are so hidden and things are so pushed back that they are not getting acknowledged for the work that they get? Maybe. Um, or what are they saying? They're saying that they don't have time for an extra award or, you know, I've heard a, a <laughs> right? few excuses. And you're just like, what? What are you talking about? I was just like, what? Yeah, I was just I was just talking to a stunt choreographer just the other day, and we're like, you know, they give uh, awards for musicians. I mean, that that's a hidden subject, and the writers and the this and the this and the and, you know, like wardrobe. I mean, why not give why not not give uh, an Oscar to wardrobe? I mean, it's not like they're being seen; they're just being shown. Uh, I can just imagine. The actors going, yeah, I did all my own wardrobe and I wrote all my own. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I did my own wardrobe. I, I just, I just, you know, did my own stuff and thought that I would make my own 17th century uh, Welsh outfit. I did my own makeup and um, I basically <laughs> shot and directed it as well. That's right. <laughs> Somebody did it for you. Yeah. Well, well, everyone deserves a goal. 
Well, let's move on. Let's move on to, to Wolverine because you know Hugh Jackman is is definitely one of those people that push for people to get Oscars for for their work because he knows for a fact that that stunt workers and stunt performers and what have you fill in his job. So how did that job come along and how was it like being on set with, with the great Hugh Jackman? Uh, just lucky that I was, uh, <laughs> had the same measurements as, as one of the performers, I guess. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, that, that's pretty much it. They were like, Oh, we need someone exactly your measurements. I was like, oh, pick me, please. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I put my, showed my stuff and, yeah, got the, got the, uh, got the nod for the job and, but yeah, Hugh Jackman. Oh my God. He's amazing. Yeah. He He's a God. Yeah. And he, not only, this is, you know, not only is he a lovely guy and he remembers everyone's name and, you know, he stops and talks to people like, you just like, what did he do in a past life to be so awesome? I don't know. Right. You know? Just, right. He sings and dances. I mean, he, he is yeah, a, you know, he, he did soaps. Yeah, I know. It's like, please do something. You know, it's, it's one of those people that you don't want him to do something badly. You know, a lot of people are like, can you do something bad? Like, please. Yeah. But for Hugh, you're like, just, just keep on doing what you're doing. You're, you're perfectly fine. Yeah. He's an yeah. amazing human being. Fortunate enough to, um, to be his stunt double. And he's actually yeah. a very, uh, uh, you know, an amazing stunt guy as well as, you know, huge stunt double and now stunt coordinator, action director. But, um, yeah, he... Who's he, that? He gets to... Um, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. He, yeah, he... Uh, I remember seeing him because I hadn't seen him for a, a little bit and then I just caught up with him on Wolverine and, and I was just like, damn, you look good. And he goes, yep, <laughs> exactly the same as Hugh and have the same measurements yeah. as him. So, they, you know... Have right. all the people helping them to achieve that, and I was like, "Whoa, you look amazing!" Right. <laughs> um, but you know, he's worked extremely hard to get to that. So, oh, it's insane! I mean, they have, they have to double up on their water or triple up on their water right before they go on set for a, a shirtless scene, and like what they need yeah. to do to their bodies is is, is is almost criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Hugh like pumping weights before a take, and then he's, he's just so you know. Yeah, you know, pumped up, and he looks fantastic, and he really, yeah, yeah, he does a fantastic job. Well, I look at uh, like Chris Hemsworth right now. I mean, he's at home right now, just pushing iron consistently for for you know the next Thor movie, and it's it's amazing oh. to see the you know like he, like he is a phenomenal human being, like phenomenal. But just to yeah. see how you know some of these Aussies how they work in their their work style and their work persistence is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's another beautiful human being as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And, yeah. Just like Hugh, I guess where he has a, he's beautifully nice to everyone and you know, he's like an anatomy yeah. class as well. He's so fit. <laughs> I know, but Chris, Chris can't sing. Chris can sing. So, we're gonna... yeah. <laughs> so what, 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 what film, what, what series did you work on that you started, you started becoming, instead of a stunt performer, you started becoming a stunt choreographer. You made that transition from one thing to another. Um, well, 
Yeah, like some of the first ones that I did were quite small productions. But right. Obviously, that's where, you know, you don't want to jump straight into a large feature film. You did Home and Away. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things you did, which, which I'm unfamiliar with. And as, as much study as I've done on you, there's only so much I can do before I'm like, I don't know this show. I've never watched this show a day yeah. in my life. That's right. And a lot of the stuff that, that we do in Australia is either for, for Australia or um, Home and Away is very big in the UK. Home and Away is huge, yeah. Yeah, like, and that's a staple for a lot of a lot of Australians in the industry because it's been going for 25 years. Right. It's amazing how they shoot as well. They shoot because, you know, imagine a well-oiled machine that's been going for so long. When they right. shoot stuff, it's like we're going to be at this time, we're going to be here, and at this time we're going to be here, and we're going to get these right. shots done by this time, and it's all done. You know, there's no, you know, because they, they burn three cameras at once, and they, you know, they, sure. they, they cut the coverage that they get, and the turnover right. is is really well-oiled, yeah. So it's, hey, it's quite home, it's quite to see. Home, home in a way is a, a very much like our general hospital, where it's it's a staple for actors. It's something that's always done. It's it's never been canceled. It's constantly being produced, and it's a pleasure to be on. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the industry in Australia, you've got to have some local... Um, entertainment put out you know at least the government stands a little bit strong of of keeping australian content right yeah but well, uh, you were yeah you, you did australia the story of us now what, what part did you have to play in that because that was an amazing piece of work oh um yeah it was basically just the history of um how australia got founded and from all the way right. through from the first fleet that um that landed in Australia and you know, from all the way through to when they are today. So it, it was just a, yeah, documentary style um, shot of that. So yeah, nice. I, I actually played a character in that, which, you know, a lot of stunt guys will get those little acty roles. Right. You know, it's funny when, uh, you know, when you're watching films and you're like, Oh, there's, and and there's that person and there's that person because they do those little one-liners that not many people catch on. You know, they're like, this way, guys, and they, and they get shot, fall down, or, <laughs> you know. And you're like, woohoo! <laughs> there's old mate. And then, yeah. So we do a lot of those, which is which is always fun. Well, let's move on to George Miller's Mad Max because I've had the pleasure of meeting George Miller a couple times, and Vernon Wells is a great friend of mine who was who was in uh, a Road Warrior, uh, who played the yeah. uh, who played the opposite of of, of Mel Gibson. Uh, that is it. This Fury Road was an amazing film, and the, and to see what what action you did in that film is in, is literally insane. Yeah. Yeah, we, tell, tell, they, tell, um, tell me about that experience, please. Um, I guess with Mad Max, I originally got involved with that in the early stages. Um, they wanted, you know, smaller guys um, that are agile to start climbing these Chinese poles. And they had uh, huge tryouts for everyone across the country to try and get as many, um, to as much talent good talent as possible anyway um i just i guess i 
picked it up quickly ish. Right. Um, but they have some really good ish. instructors. Ish. Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you see the guys that do it at, on, in shows, and they're right. amazing at what they do. And, and it's such a perishable skill. Like, <laughs> now, right. Like, you know, it's, it's 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 an a massive amount of strength that you need to climb up these right uh, these um, steel poles, basically. Well, let's, let's explain to the audience what we're talking about. You guys are in parallel cars. No, please, you explain. Yeah, it originally started with um, rigid poles just mounted in the sound stages in the studios. And we learned how to climb up them, up and down them safely, and you know, do different strength holds, and kept building the skills from there. It was done very pragmatically, very regimented in different stages of of the development of figuring all of this out. Then they had a swing pole, because in the movie, as you know, there's it's a pendulum effect where the poles right. sway to and from, so they can then jump onto another moving vehicle, i.e you know, the war rig. So the war boys or, you know, could overtake the, uh, the, the truck full of the precious cargo. Right. Anyway, but, um, climbing up this, the first time climbing up these poles and when they were, um, when we started, uh, metronoming the poles. So they mounted it to the ground. It wasn't on the back of a car. It was mounted to the ground in this, in the sound stage. Um, and it had a big heavy weight at the bottom and, and obviously right. load over fulcrum. We're at the top of the longer and there's a heavier weight at the bottom and we started metronoming. And we were that high up in the air. It was, you know, you, you're just skimming the top of the sound stage. Wow. <laughs> you can't touch it, but you're up there. And I remember climbing up there going, this is high. And uh, <laughs> some very important people, you know, Watching on, go. Oh, yeah, what's gonna what's gonna happen here? And, and you you really got to. Uh, what's gonna happen here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, we did it with uh, the tests were all very safe. You know, with maps right. everywhere, and you know, and the amazing special effects team, um, Dan Oliver in Australia. He, he, they came up these poles. I was always worried that they would just kink and snap. And then you'd be down on the ground, but right. they showed us tests where they bent them under massive force, force, mm-hmm. and they just bananaed. They didn't. They never kinked because it was yeah. like double sleeved poles. So that sort of took a lot of the worry out. I knew that, and I knew how much force it took to to bend them. And it was just like, there's no way that we're going to bend them. Right. <laughs> you know? But well, you know, that, we did all the metronome yeah. and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it became really fun. You know, you go like, wow, this is really crazy. How did it feel like to be directed by George Miller? George is just a beautiful man as well. He, he You know, yeah. he's a doctor yeah. as well. So I do. He's, he's just a brilliant mind. And, yeah. and he's, and he's so caring towards his past and crew and, you know, he's encouraging and articulated and, you know, he's just a, a, a beautiful, beautiful man. Um, 
yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. It was. I had nothing but good experiences dealing with or getting directed by George. That's for sure. But the, I remember. The, the, I remember there was. I remember there was a, a bit of a flaw with, with with Tom Hardy and George Miller, where Tom Hardy was really, really mad at George Miller for, for the way he filmed, didn't understand, didn't like the way he directed, hated the movie. And then when he saw the movie uh, on screen with a whole audience, he turned around and apologized <laughs> and said, I know what you're talking about, mate. Because he didn't know he didn't know at the time what he was looking at. He didn't know at the time what he was making. He didn't know at the time what he was seeing. So it very much upset him. And uh, this is a very popular story. You can you can catch this on YouTube or or, or Instagram any very easily. And then he turned around and apologized to George and, and said, "I'm sorry. I, I I had no idea what what you were making." Huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I did. I wasn't aware of that. You didn't know that. No. Yeah. Tom Tom's got a bit of a, a hot button, but you know, he's an incredible, incredible actor. Um, amazing actor. But yeah, you know, that, that whole that whole set was full of um a lot of heat and ornery with like Charlie's Theron and 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 uh, and Tom Hardy and what have you. The people were having a hard time getting along with each other. Anyways, Tom Hardy tells a very fascinating story about how he just didn't understand what he was looking at. He didn't understand what the film was about. He didn't. He just did not get it. And when he saw the film finished, that's when he appreciated what, we, what he made. Right. Yeah. Look. Um, yeah. Cinematically, that movie's. You know, how can you disagree? And yeah. the, the place where we filmed Namibia. Yeah. Just it has. It's it just it screams of desolate wasteland. Right. You know, cause it's just right. so bare and untouched. And it's, yeah, it was, being there was amazing in Africa. And yeah. Maybe for so long. Yeah, we well, you worked with some, yeah, you worked with some excellent actors on that, on that set. Some excellent actors. I mean, a lot of them were just amazing. Uh, it's, it's really good. And yeah, they were just, it was, it was, it was a lot of stress. I yeah. Mean, because it's such a, big budget film right mm-hmm. but um you know not bad stress but you know everyone right. wants to do the best they possibly can right that's your job that's what you need right. to do right that's why you're right <laughs> but there's so many moving parts um, right like for instance the polecat sequence that i was in you know um i was just the monkey at the top of the pole but right. below we had drivers and people pullers on the base to help you to get to the try and help you to get to the right place and you know right. then you had your camera and then your support and then you know all the way out and you know the wardrobe and the extras and you know the makeup and everyone the the, the rolling circus that we had that followed each shot you know right. the armada of people and resources that were just on every shot just to get that shot of, you know, someone swinging in from the top is right. unbelievable. Oh, and the, the color amazing. saturation of the film is amazing as well. I, I, I was very fortunate to see the first uh, Mad Max in the theaters. And then I saw the sub- subsequent movies in the theaters as well. And to watch this one in the theaters blew me away. You're, showing, you're showing your age now, mate. 
I know I'm showing my <laughs> I don't I'm not afraid to show my age, my friend. <laughs> I'm not afraid at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, to watch to watch Mel Gibson's Baby Blues was was something yeah. else. I, I got to tell you, yeah. and you know, as my I love Tom Hardy, and I love him in every single film he's ever done on the planet Earth, and you know, I, I, to know him as a human being would be would be lovely. But the, the only thing I was sad about was that Mel Gibson did not do this film as well. Was that he didn't? Because we were always wishing after Thunderdome that he would continue this story on to going to the new land, finding the new land, knowing that it was hopeless, and then continuing on. But it was it was great to yeah. see that that it, somebody allowed this film to be made, and hopefully they'll they'll let another sequel be made as as well. Because for this story, I think it it needs to be made into a bigger story, uh, more of a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah and w- I heard there was whispers of uh, Mel would be making a cameo somewhere in a cave. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it never happened. I know. I, you know, for some reason, you know, and we talk about this with cancel culture in America, you know, for some reason he was kind of pushed back from making this film. But I got to tell you, if you're going to be punished for bad things you've done in your life, then we're all going to hell and none of us are going to be making movies. I got, I got to tell you. Yeah. Mel, oh, he's just so, yeah, he's very talented. I was he's, just, Having a bit of a binge, I started watching Lethal Weapon again. <laughs> oh, I love Lethal Weapon. That's the greatest movie on the planet Earth. <laughs> so I just finished Lethal Weapon 3. And yeah. Then, uh, I just go, he was nuts. It was fantastic. Uh, he was crazy. He was a crazy actor, and he, he did some brilliant work. I mean, I, You know, Braveheart may have not been, you know, the most uh, uh, mathematically and and, and timely movie meaning that a lot of things were borrowed from uh, from other timelines and it was not time accurate and what have you it was not historically accurate necessarily but it was a film that brought you back to the scots it was a film that that drew you in it was a film that blew me away so to say anything otherwise would be ridiculous that movie was just a jaw dropper yeah Oh, and you know what? Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. But as well, um, Apocalypto that he did. Apocalypto, yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It's a jaw dropper. Yeah. Like, just. Yeah. You know, to read everything in subtitles, but still be like. Right. You know, hanging on to every scene. Right. Yeah, right. That, that was absolutely you know, that's amazing. that's one of the reasons why I hate Twitter, my friend. I, I, hate, I hate Twitter because... You know, if you say one thing wrong six years ago, they're going to pull it up six years later and then punish you for it. And yeah, I, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson had a very open and very public blow up. But I, I would mm. say that that if you're and Robert Downey Jr. said it correctly, because Robert Downey Jr. stuck up for Mel Gibson on a public stage, and he goes, "This guy gave me my first break. This guy brought me out of the dark. And if you're going to punish this guy, then we're all going to be punished for the rest of our lives." And I, I, I agree with that with cancel culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, imagine having been that famous and, you know, I'm talking about other celebrities and then right. you know, people hounding you, hounding you, hounding you, and you just had right. a fight with your wife or right. you know, you've got a lot of things going on in your own head. And then someone's right. going, hey, you know, trying to get a reaction out of you. Right. For one second, you, you know, you, snap you blow and it. Then phone yeah. Phone, you know, whatever. Like, 
you know, these things happen. They're humans, and people stirring the pot, so to speak, and trying right. to get a reaction out of them, and right. they succeed. And then that, that's that's gold for them. They're like, woohoo, payday! You right. Know? You know, that's they're not good people that do that. No. No, it's very strange that people want to destroy you, but at the same ch- same chance, they admire you at the same time. They admire your work, they admire who you are, but they want to tear you down. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. And, you know, if, if you're perfect, sure. But yeah. Geez, you know, name me. None of us are. None of us so you got out of Mad Max, and it, and it was an incredible experience. You worked with some inc- really some incredible people. Uh, what what came next for you? That was the next draw, the next the next focus for you. Um, well, I did a string of a few other little movies, uh, not uh, not little movies, a few more movies. But um, well, you did you did I Doctor really... Who. I mean, I mean that was a that was a big project. No, not Doctor Who. Um, did. A few different. Oh, you ones, did Doctor Doctor. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, and that's an Australian one. It's not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I read that wrong. I'm sorry. So great. No, no, it's actually a good little production. <laughs> but um, you know, a few. I was lucky enough to get on a couple of teams and do a, a few overseas jobs. Um, yeah. And then I guess I did it. Um, later on, I did a coordinated a a movie, one of the first ones that are big, bigger movies that I coordinated called The Nightingale with director Jennifer Kent. And Jennifer Kent did The Babadook and a few other movies. Yes, yes, and I wanted to talk to you about that. Amazing. Um, yeah, like, she's I amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed working with Jennifer. Her yeah. passion, of, she was unrelenting. Her passion was just so yeah. um I was watching. Knew. I was watching her on YouTube. She 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 seems amazing. Mm. Have you seen the film? I have not been able to see the film. No. It's it's tough. Like it's uh, it's you know it's eighteen thirties um, colloquial Australia where you know those times were tough. It had convicts. It had you know English there. Right. You know it had the the native Australians, the Aboriginals, and, you know, there was right. a lot of bad things that went on in our history, just like everyone's history, you know, a lot right. of terrible, terrible things. And and she depicts that warts and all. Right. So, you know, it's it's full on. You, you're not going to walk out of there, out of the cinema going, ha-ha, woo-hoo, let's go start skipping. You know, you, you, you're going to be affected and... I guess that's what she was trying to do is to affect you in a, in an honest way, which is, oh, she's a, you know, she, she shows it a powerful, a powerful performance. Yeah. 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 Ashlyn, the, the, the lead actor, oh, what a, yeah. what a, what an absolute gem. And yeah. Jennifer you know, Kent, the director, right? Jennifer Kent, the, the director. Yes. And Ashlyn is the lead actor in it. Um, and the whole ensemble was fantastic, but um, it was just yeah, it, yeah, yeah. For what she did with it, it's it's quite quite amazing. And you know, there were people walking away from scenes crying and stuff like that. So yeah, 
I can see I can see why because it's a very it's a very moving movie about a a lot of different subject matters that hit people very close to home. Yeah, yeah, and look, it's not for everyone. That's for sure. You know, people did walk out of the cinema; they couldn't handle it, but that's fine. Right. Um, You know, um, it's not meant for everyone. Right. Right. We have a lot of films in America that are like that as well. I mean, we have a lot of films that people don't want to sit there and watch. But, you know, I always say that that's that's your issue. You know, you're you're either too. you know, the only thing that I cannot watch personally are are rape scenes. Like some like Mm. sometimes people put it on too long or it's too graphic. And and I'm like, I can't I'm not going to watch this shit, dude. So that's that's I got to be honest with you. That's extremely rare. But in, in this movie here, let me let me ask you: How can we watch this film? I mean, I, I is it on Amazon Prime? Is it on Netflix? Where is it at? Because I haven't been able to find it. I think it is on Amazon Prime. I, I, yeah, I think it might be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on Netflix, yeah. but yeah, Amazon Prime or. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to. I'd have yeah. to look up that one. You know what's weird is that Netflix in Australia is different. So it might be in Netflix in Australia, but not in America. Mm, maybe. But um, one of the points where that Jennifer did make, you know, they're like, the interviews with her, she's so good um, because they're like, oh, it's violent stuff. And, right. and she goes, well, how much violence is in, you know, the Marvel movies and people die in that and stuff. And, <laughs> No one cares because it's not right. You, know, you don't uh, associate with that character that dies and stuff right. in the in the film. So you know right. people just let it go, but it's still the same. It's an it's an amazing amount of violence. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it in America it, it's sex that people have a problem with, not violence. Yeah, which is weird. It's very strange. It, I, I've I've seen it since I was a kid. My. Uh, my parents would, would you know, when I was 10, 10 years old, they got me a Rambo First Blood and they got uh, The Secret of Nim. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I watched for my 10th birthday, but I couldn't watch anything sexual. I mean, that was out of, I was out of the rim of, of, of believability, but, uh, but that's, that's incredible yeah, to me. What's, what's with that? That's a natural thing, like procreation yeah. and stuff. That's natural. Someone's head yeah. getting chopped off is not natural. No, it's not natural. Sex is more natural than violence. You you would think you would think the other one would be okay, but no, no. I I think the problem is that people have a have an issue with procreation and uh, young birth procreation. So that's kind of a, a an American thing where violence that's an that's boys being boys, and that's not boys being boys. That's criminals being criminals. That's right. That's not natural. That is that's, uh, that is not um, natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, know, so, <laughs> you watch anything European, and you know, it's like yeah. all the European stuff. There's so much nudity and stuff, and it's like yeah. So yeah. you know, their yeah. beaches are all nudity beaches, and yeah. And a, a lot of their a lot of their movies are, are conversational pieces. So it's a lot of, about character building and what have you. So Nightingale, you 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 were a stunt coordinator in there. So so yeah. you definitely you definitely bumped yourself up. You definitely came up a ladder. Yeah, yeah, no, but you know I went through the grading system and got sure. like everyone else, and you know sure. 
Go. So how did it feel? How, how did it feel to go on your set and and to be the stunt coordinator? Did you did you? I mean, obviously, you felt a sense of pressure and fear. Well, yes and no. I, it, I, it just so happened that that production, um, two of my best friends were on it uh, in oh. the hatred head of department. You know, the horse master there, Graham Ware, who's one of the biggest, like fourth generation horse master in Australia. Uh, who's one of my best friends and he was the horse master on it. So it was like, and my, my other friend, Scott Warwick is like third generation armorer. We're both on it as well. So it's just great to have, you know, some of your best friends on a big production like that. And then, you know, they've got your back as well. Right. Like if you're like, right. oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of this horse galloping past this camera? And he's like, well, you know, we could just do this, and and you can brainstorm things and work things out a lot easier, you know, with right. with those very very experienced, you know, industry leaders. Sure. So that was yeah. So that was great. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. But I I enjoyed working with Jennifer as well, and yeah, bringing her vision. Uh, to fruition, I guess is is is, is the, the payday for me is when she's happy with a shot and or any director is happy with their shot and and help yeah, help bring their their what they want to see to life. You know, I've not heard that from another stunt co- coordinator before. I'll be honest with you, they're bringing somebody's dream. To shot, you, yeah. you definitely wanted to develop it, so it brought the film to what they expected or desired it to be. Where, where, where did that feeling come from, and where, where did that excitement come from? Was it just natural to be that way for you, or did you see that in other people? Well, I, th- I think you know it's it's you've got to think of the job itself. You know, it's not all about the coordinator and stuff. You're just a cog in that. In well, you, you and I, you and I know this, but other people don't know this. You know, when there are some coordinators, like they're the, they're the, they're the big thing. They're the, they're the big shark. Yeah. And, and that must be nerve wracking for some not as big directors where the, right. the coordinator's like, no, 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 you need to uh, do this shot. But right. I, I think you can subtly, give it a bit of a nudge to go, hey, do you think potentially shooting it from here with a longer lens will make it look faster and then we don't have to go as fast on the day and it'll make it a little bit safer and, you know, hmm. you know that's the expertise that you'd like to, to go, hey, this will be a bit safer if we do it from this angle. We won't have to go, you know, a million miles an hour to get the same effect if we shoot it with a right. longer lens from here. And they're like, and you know, usually a good director will listen to collaboration with their stunt coordinator and go, great, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. And then they'll build on top of that, and they'll be like, yeah, okay. And then I'll and then I'll move in to this angle, and then you're like, yeah, 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 cool, 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 cool. And it hmm. becomes a, a symphony of, I don't know, flavors and creativity, I guess. So at that moment, you become yeah. a bit of a cinematographer. Yeah, well, yeah, we definitely should. You know, most coordinators, like, they know where the good angles are. Otherwise, right. the shots just won't sell. Um, I've, I've heard, I haven't heard a thousand, I haven't heard a thousand people admit that. 
I'll be honest with you. I mean, you're, you're saying it's like it's natural, but I, I haven't heard a thousand people say that. So, you know, that, that's why I'm asking you the question. Yeah, it's like you're obviously doing some cinematography as you're doing the action. I mean, I know that's your I know that's your job, but not a lot of people do. Yeah, I guess I, I discuss a little bit about a little bit, maybe a little bit too much or not in a bad way, but I just always try and think of how to do things differently or better or you know just to make it work right so you're not so on the day if you ever get hit with a hard question you're like yep this is because you do the director will use a lot of the time be like hey uh judd what do you think would work here and if you're there scratching your head going well i don't know but you know it's (laughs) nice to have a couple of things in your back pocket where you go well i think potentially if you like it a shot from over here would work to sell this action, you know, or, right. you know, it'd be good. I think the car's going to roll and land in this spot. Can we put, you know, this camera behind this tree or, you know, and it should get, should pick something up. And, and then again, understanding lenses and stuff like that, you know, right. You know, if someone's going super tight and the shot's going past the frame really quick, you're like, yeah, you know, you're shooting on 4K or whatever. Maybe go a bit wider and punch in later. Right, right. Yeah. You know, hold on a second, Judd. You know, give us. We have we have up to 1,600 people listening right now. Give us a call at 319-527-6060. Listen to Judd Wild here. We're having a great conversation about filmmaking. You know, stunt choreography, stunt motion. Uh, cinematography it's, it's a brilliant conversation give us a call here if you want to ask him any questions let me ask you let me ask you a, a simple question here did, did you have to worry about did you have to study lenses and s- cinematography yourself when you were doing this film were you are you that kind of person no you don't have to do anything no but it's yeah. just it's it's my passion i just love trying to right. understand and as being as useful as possible Right. You know, that's been a, a tool, I guess. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. In the right way. Um, right. Well, let's move on. You know, one one great movie that, one great show you worked on was Your Honor. And one of the reasons why I want to bring that up is because you worked with Brian Krasden. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how was that? Ex- did, so tell me about that experience and tell me about Brian Krasden because he's an amazing human being. I didn't really work that much with with uh, Brian. Um, I was predominantly did some rigging on that. Um, hmm. Andy Dillon actually is the uh, the main stunt coordinator for it, and um, yep. he got me onto key some rigging stuff with him and and do some stunts here in uh, New Orleans. And um, but yeah, he's another one of those actors where you just you find yourself just staring and going the choices that he's going to make now. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting to look at. You know, what's going right. on in that, that head there? Um, and as you know, that's what the magic is with with a lot of sure. performers. Just, um, yeah, we did some cool little little wire gags on that and um, and um, hopefully it'll be a good, a good show. Right. Well, you're moving on with your career right now. I mean, you did NCIS uh, New Orleans. Uh, just recently, yeah. you know, did you have a good time with that experience? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was 
covered head to toe in prosthetics on that one. So that wow. was, um, <laughs> you know, six <laughs> hours in the chair getting covered in prosthetics and stuff like that. So, you know, and that's another, that's another example of a well-oiled machine. Um, mm. you, you know, there's, there's, they've been, they've been doing it and doing it well for so long. And, you know, the stunt team there is amazing as well. They uh, they really they really know what they're doing and and they look after everyone and yeah. yeah. W- yeah. Was that one of your first projects you did when you when you moved to New Orleans? Uh, no, the first project I did here was um, ah, the Purge. Oh, the Purge TV series. Yeah, yeah, and that's what got me my SAG card. Um, there's a stunt coordinator here. Called, her name is Chelsea Brewer. She's a, a, a talent in her own right, and she um, was gracious enough to get me on and taft me so I could get my SAG ticket. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing that you have so many credits. <laughs> then you then you do the Purge TV show to get your SAG card. That's hilarious to me, by the way. I know it might be, it might not be hilarious to you, but it's hilarious to me. Well, I couldn't get it, like because. Even though I've done, even though I've won a SAG award, I still yeah. wasn't able to yeah. get SAG. Um, <laughs> and I, I went to them. I said, I need to get SAG to work. And they're like, Right. Yeah. Well, you got to get a SAG credit. And I'm like, unless you're going to do non-union. Yeah. And then I'm like, but but doesn't this count? And they're like, Nope. And I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. What, what do I do about this? And right. uh, you know, I was calling everyone, going, "Please give me a job," because <laughs> when I moved here, you know, eight months to, uh, you know, nine months ago, I was back to that little tiny fish again. Right. In a big pond. So. Right. But that's okay. It's no, it's okay. Hitting the ground a bit more, and it's been fun. Well, how how did that feel? How was that? How was that? How did that come along? Uh yeah, it's, it's, it's coming along. <laughs> we'll uh, you when we come out of quarantine and uh, if uh, productions are going ahead. And I mean, you have, you have a lot of films that are, or that are either completed or in post-production, like Perception, 2067, Deep Water, Money Plane. You have Night uh-huh. Teeth. You have Prey. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, and those things don't need you or they don't need the coronavirus to be finished for it to come out on, on sci-fi channel or FX or Netflix or Amazon prime. Are there any of those projects that came out that you're, that you're proud of, or that, that are going to leap you to the next level in America? Mm, uh, I, I think, um, with some of the projects that are coming out, um, you know, the coordinators that I worked with, you know, will remember myself or, you know, the people that worked hard on that job. And, and that's the thing that will leapfrog you to the next job, despite if the film is critically acclaimed or if it's um, rubbish. Right. Yet you, would, you, know, they'll rem- you know, the coordinators or the action directors and stuff will remember the people that worked hard and, and, you know, I, I try and, you know, obviously you can't be friends with everyone, but um, someone told me 
uh, one of my mentors told me a long time ago, he said, uh, Judd, it's, I'd rather work with someone that I could spend two weeks in a tent with than the most talented person in the world. Right. And uh, I guess that rang volumes with me to be, you know, someone that you could do that with, you know, spend time in a small area with and not throttle them. You know, you know, you're actually going to my next question, which is, what do you, what do you think it is about you that makes people, because you've obviously been, been part of so many big projects, long wielding projects. What is it about you that makes people want to spend 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days with you? What do you think the elements are? Um, well, that's a, that's a tough question because, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, people, people listening go, well, we don't want to work with him again. He's ugly. No. Well, they obviously want to work with you. They want to hire you and they want to work with you. They want to go to Africa. They want to spend time with you in the desert. I mean, that's something to be said. And you ha- there is a quality inside of you that you can teach our audience about that something they need to build upon in order to find their own career. There's something obviously special about you. Is it is it likability? Is is it directability? Is it, is it somebody who's comfortable in their own skin? What is it? Uh, um, I, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, I just yeah, I try and be as genuine as possible, and you know, I, I find there's a lot of sometimes there's some fake people around, and you know, if yeah. you're generally interested in people and and helping people and, you know, bringing that cream to the top and getting the best out of people. I guess, you know, now that I think of it, it it's, it's a very satisfying to, for me to, to help people get the best out, out of themselves. Um, right. You know, to help go, Hey, Hey, without stepping on people's toes. Cause it's, it's easy to step on people's toes to go, right. Hey, do you think you could do this? And they're like, I know how to do this. I've been doing it for 50 years. And you're like, Oh, Shit, sorry. Um, you know what I mean? It's like to to help inspire people to go, you know, that was great. You know, what about this or that or without being your station, I guess. Um, being, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm just rambling. I'm, I'm, no, you're not rambling. When I listen to you talk about Nightingale, you sound very paternal. You sound like very protective. You sound like you really cared about your cast, that you really cared about what they were going through. You cared about the end product. You cared about the actress. You cared about how it looked. You cared about how it came out. You, you cared about the people that were involved. Yeah. I've, I think, I think, um, am I wrong? You have, you have, you have to care. I, yeah. No, not you don't, you, you listen, you don't have to care. You don't have to care. You cared because you wanted to care. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that, um, that speaks volumes to me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that's part of it? Uh, 100%. Yeah. Now that you say it out loud. Yeah. yeah. Just want the best for the people around you. Right. Very caring yeah. human being. That's nice. That's nice. Let me ask you a hypothetical. So there's a, you know, I think you're going to know where I'm coming from with this, but there's like a little boy in, 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 in Australia who wants to, whose senior career, 
seen what you've done, seen what you've created, and wants, wants us to be somewhat like you. Is there, is there any kind of advice you can give that person? They're just starting off. What advice can you give that person on likability, creative aspiration, how to work, anything like that? Yeah, uh, advice, I guess, would be go for go for your dreams and, and try and move forward with what skill set you have and think outside the box. Um, treat people how you want to be treated yourself. You know, as uh, as you know, it's it's it is nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. So, right. you know, I try and and think about that but um, as far as young people yeah you, you've really got to think outside the square on right. just about everything and some people are blessed like you know they, they do one job and then they for the rest of their career they bounce from job to job to job right but um, you know some people that they say headbutt the wall for so long and they give up just before they break through. And I guess with myself, it's, you know, it's, there's been so many ups and downs and, you know, sometimes it's just like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, this is too much. And am I doing the right thing? But I guess if you just keep backing yourself and, you know, right. and shooting stuff, like filming stuff and, and, and honing your craft and it's a craft it's not just a jackass throw yourself on the ground you know we need to right. do things over and over again and and some people don't have the backbone for it some people some people can do amazing crashes and wrecks once or twice but that's not our trade our trade is to be able to get back up and do it over and over again and not hurt yourself right and I, I can, like, with myself, I can be um, a hundred footer um, on fire and, and falling off the cliff into an airbag, and my heart rate won't really get over a hundred. But when I'm coordinating and, and watching someone else do that, my, I'm valve bouncing. I'm like, because <laughs> you've got no control over the right. So you, gotta, you know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, when it's me, I'm like, yeah, I got this. Because I know my right. capabilities, and and I guess that's another thing is know your capabilities. Don't mm. um, don't give yourself false false capabilities and go, yeah, I'll, I can you know jump this motorbike and I'll be fine. Well, you know, <laughs> will you? You know, you've got to <laughs> ask yourself some hard questions. Right. Does that make sense? Like totally. Uh, it's it, it it's it's a tough tough trade to be in hmm. and it's not the glitz and the glamour in the background or when you get that when you get that spot it's about being behind this like people think that things look easy they go oh that hmm. looked easy but they don't realize the countless the thousands of hours that you did before that day rehearsing that one trick thousands of hours thousands and thousands of hours just Rehearsing that one thing, getting it perfect. So on that day, when you do it, it looks flawless. Right. So, you know, that's the sort of things that you, you need to be prepared to do and work those right. huge days and, you know, 
take those bumps and bruises and, you know, bust ups and, you know, to keep getting back up and get back up and keep bettering yourself. It's not for everyone. It's tough. Right. Right. That's some great advice. Let me ask you, what are you looking forward to in your career? What are you looking forward to? Um, I, I guess what I would look forward to is, you know, being with some more creative people and, um, you know, like working together with, with fantastic creatives to, to bring something together to fruition, you know what I mean? Like, um, and yeah, creating, just creating something that hasn't been done before and right. that, you know, people will aspire towards seeing it and, and entertain people, basically, I guess. That's the bottom line right. is to have people to go, wow, that was, that was impressive, you know, and right. not so much about other people for myself to go, wow, that's, that came together really well. And to be able to, you know, appreciate yourself and go, no, that was good. You know, right. I'm proud of myself, my team, um, for for making this happen, as well as you know, seeing more amazing places around the world because right. there's some such amazing places. To, to, to every, and that's the best thing about filming in different countries. The local crews, um, they're like, I oh, don't go there. This is for tourists. I'll take you to this place. And you get to see some such amazing things because you're not a tourist. You're there with some local people. And, um, you know, that is, is so important. It's the experiences that come with working in this industry and, and meeting new people and, you know, right. working towards common goals. You're, 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 you're a very emotional person. I, I can tell this right away. Do you see that as a benefit in your, in your work? Um, yeah, I guess talking to you, you're bringing it out of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're very good. You are very good. But, um, I wouldn't say that I'm very emotional on set. I'm very, right. um, no, cause I've been in the military and stuff like that. So right. when I'm on set, I'm very, we don't talk Staunched. much. Yeah. 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 You're there. You're very, very professional on set. You know, you know, a lot of the time where it's a it's a very such a serious thing that we do, but um, right. yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't really haven't been really called emotional before, but um, yeah, I guess this is no, it's, it's very yeah, I, I, yeah, twenty yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, you're you're, I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this on my my exit before I leave, and you're more than welcome <laughs> to listen to it, but uh, you know. You, you obviously are a very paternal human being. You're obviously are very emotional and you, you care about people. You, you care about things and you care about your work. And it obviously shows very quickly. It shows very quickly how much you care about the people that you work with as well. So it's obvious mm-hmm. that this is one of the re- one of the key reasons why people want to work with you continuously why people, why Ashley made friends with you and why everybody makes friends with you is because to have you in, in, in their memory box is an asset. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think that's, 
what you want to be as an asset to to people as um yeah. you know easy to work with and yeah. to help as much as possible because right isn't that what we want right we all i, I would hope so i would hope yeah. so before we go judd you know this has been a great interview and i appreciate you taking your time out for us how can people get in touch with you how can people watch your work Give us any anything that we can look at right now, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I post some of the BTS stuff, uh, behind the scenes stuff on uh, Instagram, judwild.com, yep. uh, judwild, sorry, on Instagram, and um, I've got a, a website now, uh, wildstunts.film. And yeah. uh, I guess they're the sort of mediums that I'm starting to work on. Um, but generally, yeah, if you know people have any questions and stuff, um, yeah. I'm more than happy to to help them out and you know give some people advice. I, I often do. I try and reply to um, anything I can, and if if I if I have that knowledge, I'll definitely impart that. But um, yeah, so that's that's the two avenues i guess you can get me on okay well i'm going to spend a little time here talking behind your back you're more than welcome to listen to that but uh, (laughs) you know it's been a pleasure talking to you and you've given us an insight into the sun's world that quite quite honestly not a lot of people have the ability to 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 really articulate and we really appreciate your time we really appreciate uh, what you've been able to give us Thank you. I hope that some of it made sense and my weird Australian accent didn't uh, throw people too much. They're like, what is that guy saying? You don't know what he's saying. It's 2020. It made perfect sense. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, man, and and you did a great job, and thank you so much for being here today. Judd Wild, my friends. Judd Wild. Here's your clap. Goodbye, my friend. Well, that was Judd Wild. What an incredible human being. You know, as we let go of this clap track here, you know, one of the great things to understand about people like Judd Wild, which is so different than other people, is the amount of love and compassion he showed, especially talking about Nightingale. We started getting towards Mad Max. It was a little different. You know, it was all, you know, talking about the job and talking about what I needed to do. When you got to Nightingale, that's when you got to the paternal perspective of his personality. The love, the admiration, the compassion, the empathy he had for the people that were on the show, that were on the movie how he cared about how the product looked at the end, not for his own ego, but for the project and for the people that were involved. How many times have we heard people talk on this show? This is our eighth season. It was incredible to listen to him talk about those episodes, about lenses and how it might look better from here and taking his turn and being careful about how we talk to the director. 
being careful with the actress and how well she did, how great she did, and how ferocious she was, and how he cared about how she looked. The violence that was involved and how he took a step back and, and understood it. You saw a different aspect. A different look. And a stunt choreographer, a stunt performer, a stunt person. An incredible personality. Jed, Jed Wilde is one of those very rare individuals that has the ability to articulate what it's like to be on a set and care ultimately about the final beginning and middle of the project. There's no doubt in my mind why people wanted to spend 14, 16, 18 hours a day with him. From Mad Max to Nightingale to NCIS to other projects that are coming out in New Orleans, we are looking forward to seeing this man's future. There's nobody else that I'd rather see grow and grow beyond his own scale than this man right here. When he shows you his feelings and tells you his emotions and his raw, genuinely raw, about how he feels, that just makes you want to push him up, bring him up, lift him up, watch everything he does, and support him. Isn't that important? Jed Wild, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. We greatly appreciate you. Your time here was well spent. And thank you all for listening today. We had a huge crowd listening today. It's my pleasure. My pleasure to speak to all of you and to bring Judd Wild in with me. Thank you to Ashley Hudson for bringing him to my attention. I greatly appreciate you and love you very much. All of you be kind to each other. Take care of each other. Remember, this is a time of reflection. So we're all in, we're all in this together. Bless you all. Love you all. Thank you for this time. This has been Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Have yourself a great day. <laughs>